Hey, welcome everybody, and uh, let's give Elise a hand. I just love that video. Love how God's working. Seeing her baptism was just so inspirational. Welcome everybody here in Waukesha, Pewaukee, and online, whatever your location. Uh, if you uh, attended uh, September Fest last weekend, welcome back. Delighted to have you with us. Thank you for joining us for church. Today's week two of a series called Made for More. We're asking people to think about the question, what is the more that God has for you? What is the more uh, that God made you uh, for? Many people go through life just feeling kind of aimless, uh, lacking purpose, same routine every day. Get up, go to work, go to school, do what you need to get done. Maybe run some errands, watch some shows on Netflix, text a few uh, friends, go to bed. But you get to a point where you, where, where you stop and you go, there's got to be more. There's got to be more out of life than this. This week I, I took a couple uh, quizzes. Uh, anybody ever notice these BuzzFeed quizzes that you see online? Maybe you're scrolling on uh, Facebook and all of a sudden you're drawn to find out which 90s rock song you are or uh, what type of cupcake uh, you are. So I thought it'd be neat to find out what, which Avenger I am. So I, I took this quiz. There are all questions about food. And I turns out I'm Iron Man. I don't really know a lot about Avengers. I don't know if that's good or not, but uh, that's, that's who they said I am. Then I took another one about which cereal mascot I am, and I'm Toucan Sam. I don't even like Fruit Loops. That one surprised me. I was thinking it'd be Captain Crunch. One more, I wanted to find out which Disney princess I am, and yeah, I'm Snow White. Look at this. You're always sweet and gentle. Yeah, that's wrong. They missed, they way missed on... On, on that one. But here's what's interesting to me about these quizzes that, uh, you know, some of them are a little funny. Uh, some of them are kind of uh, lame. Um, but you ever wonder why we're drawn to quizzes like this? Why do, we, why do we take time from our busy schedules to answer questions that really don't uh, matter? Maybe, maybe it's because there's something, they hit us somewhere deep down uh, they, they, they hit us deep down th this question that I think all of us wrestle with at times, and that is the question, who am I? And these silly quizzes pretend to give us an answer. But today, we're going to see that Jesus gives us a clear answer uh, to what our purpose and uh, identity is in our lives. Last week, I showed you the key verse. Take a look at this. This is a great verse from Ephesians chapter 2. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we could do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Love this word, masterpiece. It means anybody, everybody watching online or in person, you are God's masterpiece. You are God's priceless work of art that never, ever loses value. You are God's Sistine Chapel. You're God's Mona Lisa. Every time God looks at you, he thinks, wow. What a masterpiece. Maybe you don't feel like it. Maybe life has knocked you around. But God looks past the problems, the sin, and the mess. And he sees a masterpiece in there. But I want you to notice something else about this verse. You become the ultimate masterpiece through Jesus Christ. It says he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Uh, Jesus gives you a new life with a new identity 2 Corinthians says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You, you, you have a, a new spirit inside of you and new ability. Every human being has natural uh, ability, but when you put your trust in Jesus, Jesus gives you a supernatural ability 
called a spiritual gift. Uh, so, for example, uh, maybe you've got the natural ability to teach, but he infuses his spirit into you uh, and, and gives you power and elevates that, that ability, that teaching ability, to a new level for a different purpose. Or maybe God gives you the gift of leadership or mercy or shepherding or serving or wisdom through his spirit. It's part of your new I- identity. But you're not God's masterpiece, a piece of art uh, designed to just hang on the wall, you know, for people to look at. Uh, look at the rest of the verse. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long uh, ago. God made you a masterpiece for the purpose of doing good things, uh, doing good uh, works of, of service for other people. Here's the big idea for today's message. Serving is not just what we do. It is who God designed us uh, to be. And so today I want to look at a story about Jesus to inspire us to live out our new identity and purpose and do these these good things, these good works that God has for you to do. Uh, Many of you have probably heard this story before. It comes from John chapter uh, 13, if you've attended church any length of time. But I want you to try to look at this story with fresh eyes and put yourself into this story and feel the emotion. Here's some background on on John chapter 13. It's the night before they crucified Jesus. It's Thursday night. And so uh, Jesus has his last meal, his last dinner with his, with his closest friends, with the 12, uh, with the 12 d- disciples. Jesus knows he's got one last shot to teach them what is most important. So imagine, you know, you know you're going to die. And tonight is the last time you get to gather with your kids, with your family, with your friends, and leave behind and pass on what is most important important. Can you, can you feel how big of a deal this gathering would be? But Luke chapter 22 tells us that something very surprising happens at the Last Supper. Uh, the disciples uh, have an argument. Here's what it says. It says, a dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. And so they have like this goat conversation among themselves, you know, I'm the greatest, or am I the greatest, or are you uh, the greatest? Probably me. I'm the the greatest. But can you imagine how angry Jesus must feel? It's his last night, and he has poured, he has spent his life pouring into these guys, saying that life is not about us. It's about serving others. Now, do you know why the uh, disciples argued uh, among themselves uh, at the Last Supper? It's because they still believed that Jesus would become an earthly Ruler, And so they're competing for the top jobs in his cabinet. You know, who's going to be chief of staff, vice president, secretary of something? You ever been at a table, maybe with your kids, or maybe at a table with employees at work, and, and they're competing for a position, arguing about why they deserve it? What do you do in that situation? Well, only John, only John's gospel tells us Uh, what happens next. It says the evening meal was in progress. Uh, They're having this dispute. They're in the Last Supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Here's what what I think John's doing. He's trying to help us put ourselves in the story. So imagine you're Jesus and who's sitting with you 
at this table. You got Judas right next to you, and he's going to betray you. I mean, he's already betrayed you, and you know it. And then you've got uh, Peter in a few hours. He's going to deny you, and you know it. And the other 10 in a few hours, they're going to abandon you, and you know it. And now all of them argue about which of them is the greatest. Then look at what it says in the next verse. It's easy to kind of gloss over uh, this next, uh, next verse, but I think it's really important. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his, his, his power and that he had come from God and was returning uh, to God. In this moment, Jesus knows I've got all power and authority to do whatever I want. And so you're at the table. Imagine you're at a table and your kids are arguing for the hundredth time. Employees are arguing for the hundredth time. What, 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 what do you... Uh, what do you want to what do you want to do and god just comes to you and he says you have all power and authority to do whatever you want you know nobody'll know it's just between you and me you know you, you, you want to zap them dead you know and start over right i mean you, you you can do that what do you want to what do you want to do here's what jesus did it says he says he got it from the meal and he took off his outer clothing almost like a dad stepping back getting up from the table taking off his belt, getting ready, to, getting ready to use it on his kids. Or Jesus takes off his outer clothing, which is something that a person would do when they're getting ready to fight. But instead of reaching for a whip, instead of uh, reaching for uh, a belt or reaching for a dry erase board uh, to lecture, uh, look at what Jesus reaches for. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing, and he wraps a towel around his, his waist. This is incredible. He reaches for a towel. Why? Then it says, after that, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped a- around him. But I think it's kind of difficult for us to really feel the weight of this moment, because we have a tendency to think about foot washing today, and that would be awkward, wouldn't it? I mean, that'd be uncomfortable to wash each other's feet. Maybe somebody went outside and their uh, feet are a little dusty, a little bit dirty. That would be awkward. That would be uncomfortable, but not horrible, not awful. But the scene in John 13 is much different. Let me try and picture this scene for you. In the first century, the lowest, grossest, most demeaning act of service would be to wash someone's uh, feet. Think about how they had lots of animals back then, donkeys and cows walking up and down the roads. Where, where, where did the animal waste go? I mean, probably in the street. And it gets worse. There was no functional sewer system at that time. Our homes today, we got toilets, right? You know, flush and it goes away. They didn't have toilets. They didn't have that kind of sewer system. And so where, where does all the human waste go? Probably in the street. Historians say in that day and age that if you walked the streets of any Roman city, basically you would have walked through literal sewage. And back in the days of Jesus, they didn't wear closed-toed shoes. What did they wear? Sandals. Yeah, imagine, imagine the, how, how filthy uh, feet were. That's why when you would go to dinner in the first century, and that's what the disciples are doing, they, they would recline at the table. They would lay down and put their feet behind them because you wanted to keep feet away from the food. Plus, uh, that way when the servant would come and the lowest servant would wash feet, you didn't have to look the servant 
in the eye. The servant would wash your feet, which were behind you. And that's why in all of ancient history, we've got multiple documents, historical documents that talk about foot washing. But there's not one document that we have found that talks about a leader washing the feet of his followers except right here in John chapter 13. Sometimes Bible teachers will, will uh, teach about this and they'll say, well, the person who was supposed to wash the feet, the lowest slave, just forgot to show up. Maybe, and this is just my opinion, but I think Jesus wanted it reserved for him that day because he wanted to teach his disciples what was most important. So he got down on his knees and he washes the filthy feet of each of the disciples and he, and he dries them off. And then it says he returned to his place at the table without saying a word. And he looks at his disciples and, and here's the question he asked them in verse 12. He says, do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. I mean, how do you answer uh, that question? Jesus, I think you missed a spot. I see it here on Peter's. How do you answer that question. They should have served him. It was his last night, but instead Jesus teaches them a lesson about what is most important. And, and here's, here's what he teaches. Uh, Jesus teaches them that every follower of Jesus is called to serve because serving is not just what you do. It's who God designed you to be. It's your new identity and purpose as a follower of Jesus. Look at this verse in Mark, Mark chapter 10. It says, for even the Son of Man, that's Jesus, did not come to be served, but, but what? To serve. Jesus demonstrated that verse on his last night because he knows that you will never find, your, find purpose and fulfillment until you begin to serve. It's who God created you to be. This is the more that God has for you. You are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus to do good works by serving others. But I want you to know that serving is not just, it's not just a biblical thing. It is also a psychological thing. We have a psychological need for it. Jordan Peterson is one of the most well-known psycho psychotherapists in the world. I mean, he's done tens of thousands of hours of psychotherapy. And he says um, on, that no matter what the mental struggles a person is having, could be, could be addiction, it could be loss, isolation, depression, anxiety. He said, it doesn't matter what the mental ailment, the quickest solution to mental health is to make yourself useful to someone else. Isn't that amazing? That is so biblical. That is exactly how Jesus has called us to, to live. Serving is not just what you do. It is who God designed you to be. It's our purpose and identity in, in, in Jesus. But we can come up with all kinds of reasons. We can come up with all kinds of excuses not uh, to serve. And I want to share with you uh, four of them, okay, the big four. And these are, I think, are especially true when it comes to serving the bride of Jesus, which is what Scripture calls the local church. So here's, here's number one, reason number one. I'm unqualified. Many people say I would, I, would, I would love to serve. I'm just not qualified. I don't know enough about God. I don't know enough about the Bible. And I got something bad in my past. I've got this sin. And so I, I, can't, I, I can't serve. I need to get my life perfect. But I want to read a list for, for you of uh, 
Bible characters that God uh, used, including uh, characteristics of their life and how God still used them uh, to serve other people in just amazing ways. Listen to this list. Abraham was too old. Jacob was insecure. Leah was unattractive. Joseph was abused. Moses stuttered and had anger issues. Rahab was immoral. David had an affair. Jeremiah was depressed. Peter was impulsive and hot-tempered. Martha had anxiety. Thomas had doubts. Paul was in poor health. There is not one character in Scripture, not one person, who had their life all together that God used to serve and do amazing things. Not one. Because God loves to use imperfect people like you and me. And remember, God's given you, if you follow Jesus, he's given you a supernatural ability called a spiritual gift to qualify you and empower you. First Peter says, everyone, each of you should use whatever gift, whatever spiritual gift you've received to serve others. Here's a definition of a, of a spiritual gift. God gives you a supernatural ability or talent to serve others and build the church. Do you know, do you know what gift God has given you? I want to show you just a partial list of some of the gifts that we find listed in, in Scripture. For example, maybe God's given you the gift of teaching, and when you teach, I mean, people lean in and listen. Or maybe you, you've got the gift of mercy, and you just really care about other, other people. Or hospitality. You create environments. Other people just love uh, to, to be in. Do you know your gift? Everyone has at least one spiritual gift. I would encourage you to find someone that you know, someone that knows you well, and ask them, what gift do you think God has given me? Or go to our website and click on menu, and you'll see a spiritual gifts assessment tool. You can take that that might be helpful to you. Another way to find your gift, just jump in and start serving. And you will find and develop your gift along the way. When I think of someone who's uh, talented, I think of this guy, Steph Curry. He is probably uh, one of the greatest basketball players, maybe the greatest shooter of all time. Do you know how many three-pointers Steph Curry makes um, every day during the offseason. Notice I didn't say takes. Uh, I mean, he, you know, he sees the ball go through the hoop every day, 500 times every day in the offseason. And this is away from the cameras. There's no cameras rolling. This is away from the lights. This is just him alone in the gym practicing. I mean, if he does that for basketball, how much more should we find and develop the, the gift, the spiritual gift that God has given uh, to, to each one of us to serve others and to contribute to the mission of the, of the church. God's qualified you and gifted you to serve. All right, here's number two, excuse number two. And I think this is probably the biggest one. And in, in fact, um, I'm going to use you to help me uh, uh, guess uh, this one. I'll let you fill in the blank. Um, help me out here. I'm too Oh, yeah. Busy, right? I mean, we're all busy, right? This is probably the one, personally, I struggle with uh, the most. Here's what happens to me sometimes. Somebody will say something like, hey, Ben, I'm moving on Sunday afternoon. Would you be available to, to help me move? And I'm like, oh, I'd love to help you uh, move, but I've already got some plans on Sunday afternoon. My, my, my Sunday is 
Uh, it's pretty full, and so I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to um, help you. Uh, but then that same week, somebody calls me up and on the phone, and they say, hey, Ben, I've got some extra Packer tickets for the game at Lambeau on Sunday night. Are, are you interested? And all of a sudden, my schedule is completely free. I'm free. My point is that we can always, um, we can always make time for what's important. I mean, we can almost always make time for what's important. And many of us could probably find time, find an hour a week to serve the local church. Here's the third uh, reason. They don't need me. I mean, I, I think many people shy away from uh, serving because of, because of this reason right here. You know, they'll say, wow, look at the people. Look at all the people uh, at River Glen. And, uh, you know, they'll see the size. They'll say, oh, well, I, they, they just don't need me. But nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. We did a little math and added it up, and we found that just to open our doors on the weekend, we need uh, 300 volunteers across all our campuses, 300 volunteers uh, each uh, weekend. We totally depend on volunteers to keep our doors open and to stay on mission with Jesus. I could tell you about all the people who serve in first impressions as ushers and, and greeters and kitchen volunteers making coffee and preparing food. If you if you grab a cup of coffee or f- any food in, in our buildings, volunteers prepared that for us. I can tell you about the army of volunteers who serve kids and students, and they make a huge impact uh, for Jesus in the lives of those uh, kids and students. I can tell you about the security team called Watchful Eyes that make, make our church a, makes our church a safe place. And right now in the service, we got a a team of, of production volunteers making these services uh, happen. Uh, you know, the only reason you can see me right now and hear me is because we got people running the lights, running the audio and all the tech equipment. We also have a team running and hosting the online uh, campus. And then we've got just lots of volunteers during the week serving to uh, make celebrate recovery. Stephen Ministry, Rooted, Alpha, and other groups and and teams, and we've got volunteers that go out and serve in the community with Habitat for Humanity and our local elementary school partnerships and the the Hebron House. I mean, we've got so many great volunteers here. Would would you join me? Let's just give give them a hand and uh, show them some appreciation. Uh, We couldn't do it without you guys. Thank you so much for volunteering and and serving. We have just so many places to serve, and we have so many openings. We need you using your gift and, and serving in order for River Glen to be the church that God wants us to be. God calls every follower of Jesus to serve. Uh, fourth reason is one that we probably don't talk about very often, but sometimes, um, you know, we think it's beneath me. It's beneath me. You know, sometimes somebody will, I'll have a conversation where somebody will say to me, hey, Ben, um, you know, if there's a place to serve in the church, uh, you know, like a high-level leadership strategy, uh, I, I, would, I would be uh, uh, interested in, uh, in, in, in doing that. Uh, let me know. I'd love, I'd love to help. And, and I know they don't always mean it this way, but sometimes I'll think, you know, are, are, I wonder if they think these other serving opportunities are below them or beneath them. Here's a question to uh, think about. Do you ever get to a level in your life, a level in your leadership, a level of, of power 
where some serving opportunities are below you or beneath you. Look at what Jesus had to say about this. He said, the greatest among you will be your servant. In other words, leadership is really about serving people. The, the, the best leaders serve humbly. The greatest people serve humbly. Something I love to see, just, just personally, it, it just encourages me, inspires me. Uh, when I see people who uh, work in high levels of, of leadership, they've got high-powered uh, jobs, and they, they, they come and volunteer at all sorts of, of levels. They'll come on the weekend, and, and, and they'll make coffee. Or you'll see them at the, at the door uh, welcoming uh, people. Or they're back in the uh, preschool room uh, teaching kids in RG uh, Kids. Or you'll see them in the parking lot uh, bending over and, and picking up a, a piece of uh, trash. They, they serve humbly. There's nothing beneath them. And I think our world uh, desperately is, is desperately looking for more people, uh, for more leaders uh, that are that way. All you got to do is look at the example of Jesus on the last night of his life when, I mean, uh, they should have been serving him. We should have been serving him. What does Jesus do? I mean, he wraps a towel around his waist, gets on his knees, and he washes and dries the feet of the uh, disciples. And check this out. He didn't even take a selfie. I mean, he, to post on social media, hashtag serving my followers. He, he, he could have done that, but he didn't. Nothing was beneath Jesus. I want you to hear a story from uh, a couple of uh, volunteers uh, named uh, Sam and uh, Hunter uh, who, 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 who tell their story about serving. Take a look. Hi, I'm Sam Day. And I'm Hunter Day. And we both attend the Pewaukee campus. I grew up in a much stronger church background than what Sam had. And it was Sunday morning was, it was every Sunday. It is no matter what, even if we're traveling, we are going to church and for me, like church growing up was something that you just did. You know, you went to church and it was just part of the routine. After college and graduating, I had fallen out of it a little bit, but I had been wanting to attend a church more regularly. And then we got the invite to Waukesha. It became a priority. Like once I actually felt like I could feel welcomed here, you know, because I had, you know, everyone has their own history, but I was just feeling more ashamed of mine. It was nice feeling like there are people who, you know, really say that it's a come as you are church. For me, it was essentially the second or third week that we were there. They had the behind the scenes tour going on at Waukesha. And growing up for me, I served at pretty much every church. And I'd been wanting to do it again when we found a church home. It's always kind of a fundamental belief of mine that when you attend a church, you serve and you help out in any way that you can. And I enjoy serving and helping with whatever I can. No one ever really told me anything about how it also, you know, like glorifies God too and using our own um, like talents and abilities, you know, um, creativity or, you know, just the need to give for a while is all just brand new for me to do that and figuring out you know what it meant to glorify God I know when I put myself out there even though I was in like you know a couple different areas you know I finally found you know like the fit for me it just makes you feel good because you're also encouraging others to do the same thing I think that serving helps to 
you know, show the love to anybody who would walk through the doors and they can see that we can take literally anybody with any talents that any gifts that they have and it can be used in the church it can be used to help others it doesn't matter who you are what your background is whatever you're coming from you know you can help in any in many different ways you don't necessarily have to have a specific area that you can only do this it's you can amaze yourself and others of what you can do just by asking. I think it's definitely an important step to just put yourself out there and just give it a try. And, uh, you know, there is a role that, you know, will work for them, you know, um, because there are so many different areas. You know, you get to try out a couple things and if one doesn't work for you, doesn't feel like it fits for you, there's always something else you can try out. You're serving, it's meant to be fun. You know, people will help you no matter what, even if you have reservations about, oh, I'm not sure I'm gonna work out in this area, or I don't really know what I'm doing, or I'm not an expert in this. We, we can use anybody in any level for any position. I mean, there's tons of groups, there's kids, there's tech, there's welcome center, greeters in the kitchen. We're asking for people all over the place and we, you would be amazed at how many smiles you see every Sunday from every single person that serves. It's also fun to learn some new talents too, because I, I know I learned that for sure. And especially if it's you know something that'll um, help me spiritually and also others around me too. It's just it's something I want to pass on to other people too. Yeah, let's give Sam and Hunter a hand. Appreciate them sharing their story. Uh, they made several good points. They talked about trying different areas to find the one that fits you. You're not locked in. You can, you can experiment and, and try, different, try different things. They also mentioned uh, the backstage tour. We call it Backstage Pass. We're actually holding this uh, next Sunday at both campuses, Pewaukee and Waukesha. At 10.30, we give you a tour, and uh, you can see volunteers in action, and, and we'd love to have you uh, join us. If you'd like to sign up for Backstage Pass, or if you'd like to find out more about different areas, different serving opportunities in River Glen, our team made this real simple. Just take out your phone right now and, and text, the, text the word SERVE to 262-500-4004, and you'll receive a, a form that you can fill out, and, and it lists lots of different serving opportunities. Just check all the boxes of, of those that interest you, and you can also sign up for Backstage uh, Pass. There's a spot on there uh, to sign up for Backstage uh, Pass. So if you want to find out more about serving opportunities, no obligation. I mean, no pressure. Just here they are. You can find out more and, and, and see the list and, and sign up for Backstage uh, Pass. Just text SERVE uh, to that number uh, right uh, there. Let me tell you a secret. I'll tell you a secret about serving that I believe and I think you should know. I'm telling you, when you serve, you're going to get more out of it than the people that you serve. Every time, you will discover a deeper sense of purpose and fulfillment because serving is not just what you do. It's who God designed you to be. It's, it's part of your new identity in Jesus. And for some of you, the greatest spiritual growth that you'll experience uh, this year is if you'll take the step of serving. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for the uh, 
amazing example uh, that Jesus that Jesus gave uh, the night before he went to the cross. It's so easy for us to get confused about our identity and purpose and get wrapped up in ourselves. But thank you for this example Jesus gave that clearly shows us that we, we find our true identity and purpose in serving others. God, whatever reasons or excuses that might get in our way, maybe feeling unqualified or too busy or maybe we think we're not needed or we're above it, God, I just pray that you would help us to eliminate these excuses and just overcome these reasons and, and say yes to the serving opportunities that you put in front of us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.